Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello everyone, welcome to the build-up show, Liverpool versus Man United. I think it's fair to say that every single one on the show today is jonesing for a little bit of a big clash to get the teeth into um, so to speak and it will be a top of the table clash indeed first versus second Liverpool versus Man United um, the resurgent Manx back on our perch for the time being and it's up to Liverpool to again knock them back off uh, can the champions pick themselves back up uh, we shall find out in due course I'm Paul Machen Ross Chandley joins me in the studio from home we've got Chris Pajak and Sam Walker as well um, Ross Yes, second versus first. This all got very interesting very quickly. Yeah, not not joint second anymore. Um, can't even use that against them. Um, yeah, interesting to to see what's going on. Um, a bit of a weird paradox that they're they're above us for a change. Um, it feels a bit weird. Um, but you know we've we've said this about ourselves last season, the season before, and this season. Uh, we're not even halfway through yet. So it's um, you know it's early days in terms of a title race that, that doesn't exist yet. But also I think it's really good to. Get one over on on your rivals, and you know you said on top of the perch. You know we want to knock them back down, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and this is this is we talked about this when we were talking about the FA Cup draw as well, Chris. Is that I, you need big games in your life at the moment? And I know there's there's an associated nerves and all that kind of stuff that comes in. I'm sure there'll be a ton of people who have got really fearful ahead of this game, but I'm just looking forward to feeling some feelings. Um, and you know, hopefully Liverpool are in a position to be able to let us feel some really good feelings around this game. Um, I think the same, to be honest with you. Um, I, it's massively important, you know. Obviously, it's it's a huge game, and you know you've got loads of Man United fans being all shouty and horrible on Twitter and stuff, and going on about being unbearable and stuff like that. And that's brilliant. That's what you want to see because it's the hope that kills. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. And listen, right now they deserve to be top of the table. They've got more points than everybody else. They've won more games, but they're not as good a side yeah. as they think they are. Um, Liverpool aren't playing as well as we actually are. So it promises to be mm-hmm. a brilliant game, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's it. Isn't it? And Sam, you know, Chris said it there. There's no doubt in my mind, Man United are a fantastic side at the moment. You know, they've got they've got great players, they've got great squad depth, and again, what they've got behind them is a is a is a pedigree of success as well. In a general sense, you know, we can't sit here, you know, and as we've done many times over the years when Liverpool have gone into big European games and gone. Liverpool and Europe are a match made in heaven, you know, and because we've got all these things that have gone on in the past and then deny that Man United can possibly have a similar sort of thing when it comes to the Premier League. Um, so, like, there's a, there's, a, there's a grudging sort of, I don't know, 
um, I, I don't see respect hard to kind of say because I feel a bit a bit like ashes in my mouth when I say it about Manchester United. But I can recognise the talent that they've got available and know that this is not the Man United side of a few years ago. This, this, they've got too many good players for this to be seen as a as a potential walkover for Liverpool. Yeah, and I think we've been here this season before against Spurs, Leicester. I don't know if you want to call Wolves or Arsenal those type of games, but they were all seen as games where oh, is this Liverpool's chance to you know are we going to lose a game at home? Is it going to all become too much for us? But you're spot on there where you where you mentioned the sort of pedigree, the rivalry. It's Manchester United. If you remove that fact from this game, it would be another one of those games that we'd all be pretty confident that we'd turn it on for. But I think when you add in the fact that it is Manchester United, it is there's this all sort of conquering Premier League side, even though they aren't, but they were, if you know what I mean. I think mm-hmm. it adds to it and it does add that nerves. It'd be really interesting to know what where the players' mindsets are on this, whether it matters to them or whether they see it as well. Like, it's another home game against the big team. Let's go and beat them or whether they take into account what we do as fans, the, the sort of large scale of the, of the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you look at them, I think what we've seen so far, and Sam, Sam refers to it, and I think it, it, it's right, there's a lot of similarities to the Tottenham Hotspur game before Christmas, where they were they're really solidly organised. They've got they've got a great loads of really good players as well. You know they've, they've got a, a clearly defined way of playing that not necessarily is one that we particularly admire, but it's one that's been effective in, in what they've done. Um, and yeah, I, I can't I can't help but look at them. You know and look at the, the talent that they've got. And I, I think, that, but I think this Liverpool side will do the same. They'll relish this challenge, and they'll actually you know more so now than ever. Because because they've actually got something to, to fight for now all of a sudden. Because let's be honest, you know, it, 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 the you, your point of it, we're not even at the halfway point of the season. So the idea that this is the title race is just a complete nonsense. It's, it's a fabrication by the media to try and make things seem more dramatic than they actually are. But equally, you don't want to be six points behind Manchester United. And then, you know, you don't want to be six points behind top of the league. And that's the point for this. You know, if the champions want to continue to be champions, if they want to defend their title, then there's an opportunity to kick towards that. Yeah, and it's a good opportunity to show the fans, you know, a, a decent performance. Like, again, the Aston Villa game was, you know, second half was great, but in recent weeks it kind of plays into your mind of the fear of, what, of what's going on at Liverpool at the minute. You know, no... Um the centre-back issues, we, we touched on the midfield issues that we kind of got going on, and then you pair that with how good Manchester United have been doing. I think it's also hard because Man United have been the butt of many jokes for the past two, three seasons, mm-hmm. or certainly Solskjaer has, you know, kind of laughing at him to see them at the top. It, it, it does kind of hurt. No, but, but Ross, we've laughed our cocks off it at Moyes and, yeah, you know, yeah. Van Gaal and Mourinho being past his best and, and, and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer coming in. But it's but that, we've all, we're all gonna have to pay a heavy penance for that yeah. if Man United come back because you know we've we've all thrown a lot of shit yeah. a lot of shade their way in the last few years. It's that psychological boost. It's not just the three points in this game. It's what it does to the kind of rest of the season. Liverpool go go clear, then okay, we not clear. Or we win the game. It knocks them down a little bit. If they win, you know, there's all of a sudden a bigger gap and there's the bigger issues at Liverpool. Is there a wider issue? But the home the home. Um, Record as well. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose that to Manchester United. If it is one team in the league, you don't want to lose that to it's Manchester United because again, even if they don't don't win the league, you lost that unbeaten record at home for you lose it to Manchester United. I don't want that either. Um, 
as much as I want, I want the three points on top of that as well. Yeah. Just don't just don't lose to them either. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, they, they, um, you know, without, without sitting here and stroking Man United off too heavily, here, Chris. You know, there's a they've got they've got some some really good players, and you know, my overriding feeling is the manager is subpar. You know, by comparison, you know, but I think what you've got a world is for me. I still think Liverpool and Man City on their best day are still the best pound for pound squads, and they've got the two best managers in you know in in the country certainly arguably in the world and every other team below that has got is missing a key ingredient that you know that that is present in those sides but you know that that that, that this is a mad season that might not matter it might just be about man united having the the quality and the depth of quality that they've got particularly in the, in the attacking areas might actually be enough to see them over the line cuz heaven forbid you know we've seen madder things happen no that's i think you're right there and it's something i've been saying for a few weeks now is that this season and and, and lots of people have not just me this season so much different to every other season don't be don't be surprised to see a different style of football work this season and not again next season. We go back to what, we, what we'd what we seen in previous years. But still, look, Manchester United at the top now. I don't see that Manchester United will be there at the end. I think our biggest challenges and the ones most likely to rip the title away from is a Manchester City. Now, Manchester United are playing really well. And don't get me wrong, And they, as I said, they deserve to be top. But they're certainly not the best side in the league. I think Manchester City are the best side in the league right now on form. As well, yeah. and, and and that's not just so poor. That's not just the way in which they're playing. It, it's everything about it. It's the squad depth. It's how they've managed the injuries and, and everything else. So you just go and uh, I'm just going to disappear for a second. There's no. I'll pick that bat on up, Chris Payjax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, no you know, everything that Chris. Is, said there Sam you know they've if I look at what they've got and what they've done and there's some comparisons to to like 13-14 Liverpool and we were having a bit of a debate in the WhatsApp group uh, in building up to this show is that I I, I kind of get I get that a little bit is that they're not a great possession side they are definitely set up to be much more of a counter-attacking side and a lot of a lot of cracks in that side are papered over by you know when you've got more than one 20 goal a season player I think it really helps and you know there's, there's definitely in the terms of their best players having now having Cavani having Rashford having Bruno Fernandes is absolutely, absolutely unreal and then a couple of you know a couple of other bits and pieces within there there's a, there are it, it, there's an understandable cross I don't think it's a straight comparison because as we kind of saying I think United's overall squad is better than what Liverpool's was in 13-14 but I do see it as a a very, very talented side, a side that has the individual talents to win any game of football. But I mean, and I hope it has these, but it possesses a similar thing to them. But that it's its deficiencies might be what undoes it, you know, in, 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 over the course of a full season. I, th- I think with the 13 14 season, we had an okay team and an absolutely unbelievable world class player. Now, the world world class gets thrown yeah. around a lot. Obviously, I don't see any world class players in Manchester United's side. And the reason why I say that is because whenever they play against the top sides, now obviously it could all unravel on Sunday and then next week again, but thus far, and in the Mm -hmm. Champions League as well, they just haven't, they haven't had anyone that stood out and delivered on a big stage. Like Fernandez's stats against big teams have been terrible. You know, Rashford's probably the guy who stepped up most for them, but I think they, we talk about styles 
I, I don't really want to compare him to Mourinho because he's got a fixed way. But when I when I look at Manchester United, I see, I see a team that are, are a bit more solid than they were. I get, definitely give them that credit. They're more organised at the back. But they're a team of moments. And when I say moments, I mean, mm-hmm. there's no real sort of identity of how they're going to score a goal. Like We use the full-backs, we press from the front, etc., etc. Man City possession, they work the angles. They're a team that produce moments. You know, they're expecting Pogba to score a you know a volley from twenty yards like he did against Burnley, which deflected on the way. Or they're they're, they're waiting for a moment of Fernandez after he's trying and trying and trying to un- unlock a pass. They're, 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 there's been lots of VAR moments this year, which we've all talked about. I think that's the thing with them is they're a team of moments, which worries me because on Sunday they could produce a moment or two. The Gaia could produce a moment or two, and it could be the difference. But all things being equal and why I agree with the notion that Manchester City are probably the closest to being champions elect at the moment, if not us, is because you can't win a league in moments. Leicester didn't win a league in moments. They're a defined way of playing. And I think United will come unstuck in periods of time like they already have done this season. But right now, like you say, they've got the most points. They deserve to be top and it's up to us to to knock them back off. It'll be the shortest trip to the pitch ever been, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, just a slightly counter what, what what Sam's saying there. Those moments, I think there's some similarities between them this season and Liverpool last season. And obviously, don't mean that by by title winning. When you talk about those moments, there's been loads of games where they haven't played well mm-hmm. at all, and they've come away with three points. And every, every game, game confidence. Every game. To <laughs> well, pretty much. But you yeah. get you gain confidence, you gain belief, yeah. and that, that's what they've done. They have got tighter at the back, but there's even like the Brighton game. They scored after the final whistle, which is just fucking mental. But even, <laughs> even from then, they've, they've built on that. And you know, okay, not in the, not in the Champions League because they got knocked out. Yeah. But there's been certain games this season where, and I think their stats are pretty high, scoring in the last ten minutes of games. Mm-hmm. So even this game is fairly tight within the last ten minutes. You can't count them out. Yeah, and 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 this is this is the the, the problem that Liverpool are facing is that I you know I, I our front three is more than capable of beating any team on the planet. I, I, I pick three of our midfielders, and you can put a midfield together that's as good as any midfield on the planet. But it's it, it, the, it, the issues persist. The issues remain that we know about is defensively we're gonna have a partnership, a centre back partnership in this game that that will have. Obvi- again, we'll have obvious weaknesses to it, and whether that's pace or whether that's experience or whether that's experience at playing centre half plus pace or any of the any any of the above. It, 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 the United are. When I think about the teams that have caused us problems, even not necessarily beating us, I go all the way back to Leeds United at, right at the start of the season, and I think Fulham did a similar thing to us as well. You know, play, teams that have got pace that can that can exposure on you know in in in, in a short turnaround. Man United have got that going for them, um, and that's that's a major weapon in in their arsenal, which is something that Liverpool very need very much need to be switched on for. Um, but I think it's interesting. I, I'm I just think it's a really it's it's a really exciting. Game and the, the big question before we dive into team selection, which we'll do after the break, um, Ross is Trent Alexander Arnold in this game. Now he's had his his history of Manchester United almost is, is fascinating. You know, there's so many touchstone moments in his sort of career that, 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 that go back to Manchester United games, going back to his obviously playing at Old Trafford and all that kind of stuff in, in his debut. But the he's not been in good form this season. And I think we need him. I think we need the best of Trent back as soon as possible. Really, the only question mark, and it's an intangible that I'm not sure we'll fully know. I think if we're going to get the best out of Trent, we're going to have to place as a team greater faith into whoever's at the back, whoever that right-handed right side of centre half is. We've got to say right. 
we trust you to do the job as well as any other centre half would do because I do feel that part. I think look, I think Trent struggled for fitness. I think that's been a major concern this season. Going back to pre-season, going back to he's had COVID in this time and all this kind of stuff and injury problems, as well as the no pre-season thing. But yeah. It's a big game, and we need our big game players. And and I think if we can get Trent functioning in this match, then look, it goes without saying, it's going to give us a greater platform. Yeah, um, form, fitness, and probably our midfield as well has probably affected the way that Trent's, Trent's played in this game. And I know this has been mentioned a few times. The fact that when Henderson's not there, so taking Southampton for example, there's no one to drop into his position because he don't understand that role. I think it might have been Chamberlain that was mm-hmm. was in in and around that, and he wasn't he probably match fit himself at, at that point. So you're right, the sense about partnership does kind of dictate. The, the midfield and our and our fullbacks in that sense, I think obviously Fabinho starts, but I don't know anymore on on the break thing because I was about to say, well, we've had a, you know, a, you know, a bit bit of recovery time between the two games for us to kind of get up and running. Um, Klopp did mention last week in the press that they're going to do a lot of eleven v elevens in training mm-hmm. this week in the build up to this game, so I think we'll see the benefit of that. Hopefully, um, it's going to come to come to form at some point, um, but it depends on how Manchester United line up as well. You know, Rashford played out on the on the right against Burnley, but I think he's normally out on the left hand side and cuts it cuts it on his right. Who's who's kind of done it before? Equally, Martial's pretty pretty pacey, so he needs that level of protection and he needs that 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 defender or midfielder to allow him to go forward and, and exploit Manchester United's weaknesses as well. I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't Rashford up against them, Sam. You know, they, they've had a, they've had some big battles down down the years, and I mean. It, it, it came to the forefront of my mind this week because I saw some United fans going, "Look, there's a video clip when he ended when Rashford ended Trent's career, and it's just like he, he went on and won the European Cup, and uh, that's that that particular season, and he's won the he's won the league since then. So I don't think he's had quite his career quite as curtailed by Rashford as some might think. But, how many trophies has Rashford won in, in that time? None. None. Yeah. And how many? But it's won four. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's but it's an example of he's had a few of these players up against them. Like you know, Leroy Sane was the other one where it's a big challenge for Trent because he's got he's got to be switched on at both ends of the pitch, um, and it might just be what he needs. He's had a little bit of a kick up the arse. He's had a little bit of a rest, and he'll have had a full week's training hopefully in the, in the build up to this. There can be no more excuses, really, is what I'm what I'm driving at, really, for particularly in a game of this magnitude. It's going to be interesting to see what Man United do as well. I think that'll determine um, what what Trent we see. If they go the traditional big game three five two, it changes how they attack, and it also changes what Trent's got to do and, and where Rashford's placed, etc. If they go four three three, which would be interesting because um, it'd be brave from Oli, really, um, then obviously he's going to be up against Rashford. I think Martial got injured last night, didn't he? So, it, it, you know, he, there's probably a chance he's going to miss the game. That definitely means that Rashford's going to be on the left-hand side. I think Trent needs, I agree completely, he needs someone next to him who he can just trust, whether Klopp tells him to trust him more or whether he trusts him naturally if Matip makes it. But he needs Henderson in that midfield. I, I, I'm not one for him playing sense, but he needs to have that trust in Henderson to cover him and he can get forward. We also need to see him get early balls in against United who defend well he's got to get early balls across the box behind the centre-backs and you know it's a perfect game for him but it could also be the worst game for him you can see it going both ways you Trent can't you yeah 100% and that's a real shame at the moment Uh, right we're going to take a very short break I've got a trivia question to keep you tied over while you are soaking up a little preview of a wonderful mini-series that we've got for you guys Uh, trivia question is who is the only player to score a hat-trick for Liverpool versus a Solskjaer managed side Uh, I'll give you bonus points for getting the game and the score as well check back in a second 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. Hey, welcome back. Yes, check out the 50 Greatest Moments of the Jürgen Club era. So far, a uh, two-part mini-series available right now, streaming uh, right here, right now on the RedmenTV.com. So sign up, get that, and get some amazing content as well to keep you tied over in between games, not just week-to-week matchday stuff, but also interviews with Liverpool legends, past and present, documentaries, mini-series, and more as well. Yes, the question before the break was, who's the only player to score a hat-trick for Liverpool versus a Solskjaer-managed side? Um, Ross Chandler, do you know? Suarez. Luis Suarez, correct. And Chris Pajak, the score was? 6-3. Yeah, and Sam Walker, the team we played was? Cardiff City away. Yes, well done, gents. Absolutely smashed (laughs) it. I thought you were setting me up for a fail then, because when we went to the adverse, I went 6-3, and then I thought he set me up here that it's just going to be (laughs) wrong now. Because that's what he does best. No, there we go. Just for, uh, yeah, and, and you've, we've just undermined what was a wonderfully teed up moment where we all, where you collectively delivered the answer. Well done, guys. Uh, if you all got that, then give yourselves a massive pat on the back and, uh, and why not drop a like on the video to celebrate. Um, yes. Um, Ross, look, let's assume that Matip hasn't made a miraculous recovery, although I, I feel that everything will be, will be getting done right now, same as we had in the build-up to the Tottenham game. I would be much more assured if you could t- if you could tell me right now that Matip will get through ninety minutes of this game, but you won't have him for another couple of weeks or whatever. I would probably bite your hand off. Yeah, but let's work on the assumption that he's not. Is it? Do we? We went with Jordan Henderson against Southampton, which I think showed a sign that we were taking them very seriously. Henderson is a, look. He, he plays 
them on side for the goal, but I think by and large he handled you know the threat of Danny Ings pretty well. You know, particularly in behind and whatever he covered, he covered the fullback position quite nicely. Reese Williams had a really good game against Tottenham Hotspur, but we've seen his what looks like a criminal lack of pace exposed yep. in the last couple of performances. Yeah, um, and potentially the physicality of Cavani, um, who was impressed with against Burnley last night. The first time I properly watched him, but even him like kind of dropping deep and, and doing the dirty work, I was I was impressed with. Um, I I'm the same as you, Matip. If he's if he's ninety percent, just just play just to get through this game. I know we might be out for four months afterwards. I'm, at this point, I don't care. Ask me again next week. Um, it, I think it it should be Henderson, um, but it also depends on what availability we have got in midfield. Um, obviously we've got Thiago back obviously James played quite a bit I'd probably say James Milner um, to do that Henderson role we were talking about before if Trent can get forward and you've got James Milner you know, you've got a mature head someone experienced someone who can fill in at right back who's got that experience in that position as well I'd do that um, but of course, if you know if we're threadbare in midfield, what what are you what are you losing? You, yeah. you can also you can also ruin Reese Williams' career in this game if you play him at centre half and he gets done for pace two three times. Yeah, the, the thing that the thing that gets me, and again, I, the problem is at the moment, Chris, you're not we can't pick positions in isolation because everything has a knock on effect to everything else we're sort of doing. And the midfield thing for me, and Ross's notion there is absolutely sound. I did the James Milner thing, but also, I. We've been so poor attacking centrally, I think, in recent weeks. You know, we've very much fallen into the trap of play it side to side and whip across in. And when it works, it's great. But it's it, it we always talk about this. It's a great weapon in our in, in our armory, in our arsenal, but it can't be the only one. And the issue with James Milner, if James if you're starting James Milner in midfield, yes, you're getting that great, yes, you're getting that, you know, you know, that, that extra bite, which you might well need. But you're also you're then saying, well, it's, it's Genie's defo starting, and yes, Thiago can provide that. But do, do we are we lacking a little bit of dynamism that a Curtis Jones or an Oxley Chamberlain could could bring in the in the centre of the park? Mate, I'm I'm attacking this game. That's the way that Liverpool have got to win the game. I think I think we can go and play and mess around with centre halves and worry about who's playing centre half if you want to win if you want to play for a draw. If you want to go out and win this game, Henderson, Thiago, and Wijnaldum start in the middle of the park with the front three up ahead of them. That's how you beat Manchester United. Yes, you've got to be concerned about what goes on over the top. Listen, I'm talking to Alison Beckham and telling him he's the lad who's got to save the centre halves because. All of them will get beasted for pace by their front three. Martial, obviously, hamstring injury, potentially, which is what Sam was alluding to before. It's, it's fucking James. He's even faster. He's coming in for him, you know what I mean? This is what they've got. And Rashford's faster than all of our defenders, bar none. Whether it's Fabinho, yeah. whether it's Reese Williams, whether it's Nath Phillips, doesn't matter. It's on Alison Becker. That, and, and, yeah. whether, and whether we play a ridiculously high line, which I think we will do, because I think it's about mm-hmm. going and winning this game of football. That's what it's that's yes. what it's about. You can worry all day long about the opposition, but we've got to click. And the best to give yeah. us the best foundation to click in is put our best midfield out and our best attack out. I, I, I agree with that notion. I think again, Sam, the issue we've had that I think has just been a has been a lack of bravery, and I do think there's the I think Thiago helps that immeasurably because he's just a very, very brave very, very brave footballer. You know, it, it, it comes naturally to him. Obviously, we do want to make sure that we're not. Look, there's, there's a, there's a, there's being brave and there's being stupid, which is a very fine line at times. But I, I mean, look at the, the 15 minutes in the start of the second half against Southampton, where we just went, Trent, get, get up there, mate. 
get right up there. I want I want you in the final third. I want Andy Robertson in the final third, and we make the opposition worry about us. And that's what Liverpool have got to get into that into that situation of doing. Because look, if you do if you overthink the the, the problems that Manchester United can cause you, then you you can drive yourself mad because you, you you'll end up you'll end up playing you'll play a flat back a flat back four, and you'll out, you'll be pinned back by the likes of Rashford or James or or or, or Greenwood, uh, and and you won't be able to be the best version of ourselves. And I'm not saying it's quite as simple as that, but Liverpool need to engineer that situation. We're at home. We believe ourselves the better team. Man United are not going to come and look to dominate 60-plus percent possession of the ball. We're going to have that, so we need to dictate where we are when we've got the possession of the football. Yeah, against Southampton as well, they got such an early goal, they had something to hold on to. They were willing to literally have 11 men in the box. Unless it's the same for Man United, I cannot see a scenario where they're going to have 11 men in the box. So that period of time where we had 15 minutes, Thiago was absolutely pulling strings all over the gaff. We're probably going to be a little bit more successful. Looking at the, the, the setup, though, I think I think there, there's a world where Henderson plays centre-back and it works, and it's in a 4-2-3-1. It's if you play Shaqiri, Salah, mm-hmm. Mane and Firmino, you can still have Thiago and Gini anchor in the midfield with Hendo behind, and I think that could work, and you're getting all your top-quality players on the pitch. However, and you're probably only losing out at centre-back, I agree with you completely, Chris, when we talk about 4-3-3. So, yeah, you have to have 10 players on the pitch who are world-class in their position and, and comfortable in their position. And then another lad in who is playing his own position who isn't as good. That works. You've got square pegs and square holes. You can't start shifting centre-mids to centre-back and having Milner running against Fernandez, who we've never played against before, remember. It could just cause chaos. Mm-hmm. Don't overthink it. Either attack them with the four-two-three-one, or play our best players in their positions in four-three-three. Yeah, I think that's a smart notion, really. And again, it boils down to it all: is that you you're spreading out the quality of your side. And look, we we are a little tainted by seeing the Jordan Henderson. You know Southampton thing and that midfield. We were we were creaming our kicks at the at the prospect of the midfield that started that game at, before the game started, but it didn't get a grip on the game because because we had too many lads who were trying to get back to match fitness. I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed, even though it feels odd for me to say this because it it, it didn't feel right at the time. I think you could go a game with that and it could be much better than it was against Southampton. But equally, I actually I do I I, I kind of agree with the notion there. Get as many of your best players in their best positions. And if that means that you've got one lad who's just not at the level, but he's actually, but again, it's Reese Williams. And he's just, but he is a centre half playing in that. The benefit that you get from Jordan Henderson is better in that offensive eight than Oxford Chamberlain is at this point. He just is. There's a case that you, if you go, if you put Jordan Henderson back in the six, you're getting Thiago just closer to their 18-yard box and he might be able to do a little bit more damage. I Yeah, I, I'm feeling like I'm falling down a little bit more on that myself. Yeah, um, and the 4-2-3 one's also an interesting shout as well, much better than, than James Milder, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, but Curtis Jones was the number one I, I hadn't thought around, I've thought about, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, I feel rallied up now by Chris and, and Sam, to be perfectly honest. I wasn't sure where I, where, where I sat on this game, but yeah, I think I think they're both right. you got to go and attack it and take the game to, to Manchester United. Oxlade-Chamberlain's the, the, the weird one because against Southampton, he was kind of thrown in and it was kind of like, a this is match fitness, you need to play. We don't have any other options where that you might see the benefit of that now in this game, um, but also maybe just from a substitution or an impact. So, and Shaqiri's the other question in that one as well. Loads of people are, you know after the game on Friday night have seen starting. 
and there's an argument to say that he's, he's a bit more of an impact sub. Now, we know he's got a great, great, well, recent record against Manchester United mm-hmm. and, again, Aston Villa on Friday night. Great form. He's got that ability to kind of unlock that pass. If you're playing Thiago a bit deeper, you've still got that, that what you're talking about there is somebody able to thread a ball through. Or even Taki, you know, in a, in a, in a 4 2 3 one Great against Crystal Palace. I haven't seen him since. No, no, and I, I, I do like... I mean, the, the the thing about the forty-three-one potentially, Chris, is that particularly with Shakiri, and we're saying this right now, he is almost certain to be injured between now and then because that's Shakiri all over. So this could be a complete waste of conversation. But what I like about him, what I've liked about him this season, is not starting Shakiri in football matches, but he is a, he is a different dimension. If you want to break glass option bringing him on when things are tight and maybe Man United have reached the point where Ollie's like, you know what, I'll take a draw here. I'll take a draw here in the final 15 because, let's face it, a draw is a much better result for Manchester United than it is for us. Having someone like Shaq to bring on is no, is certainly no no bad thing for no, us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Shaq at the moment. I really like watching him play. And, you know, much like, you know, we see a lot of vertical passes out of Thiago, it's what you tend to see out of Shaqiri at the same time, isn't it? Very yeah. similar, actually, they just, yeah, in the in the way that they pass and they look for passes, very different to what we've got, but very similar to each other. My big thing with Shakiri at the moment is that you are, if you start Shakiri, you're already planning a substitution on 60, 70 minutes mm-hmm. because yeah. he's had one start this season. It was in the Champions League. The Champions League ended over a month ago, so he hasn't had a start in a game for well over a month, and it was probably one of the earlier games anyway. I don't remember which one it was. He's had 86 minutes of Premier League action all season. That's not enough yeah. for me to be saying that he goes straight into the side against Manchester United. And I might be completely wrong here, but I don't think it's enough for Jürgen Klopp to say he goes straight into the side in a game against Manchester United either. And, I, and yeah. much like you, I don't know if he's, a, if he's just a good impact player anymore. I just don't see yeah. him start, so I can't compare the two side by side. What I do know is he is a good impact player. I just don't know if yeah. he can be the same. I hope he can be the same from start to minute one. For me, if everyone if everyone we we know at the moment is fit and available, I think there's two teams, Sam, and it, and it, and it's whether we trust, <clears throat> and it depends on whether we trust Reese Williams at centre half. And I think if we don't trust Reese Williams at centre half, then you've got no choice but to play Jordan Henderson in this game, and that means for me, I'd be I'd be playing Thiago, Wijnaldum, Curtis Jones in midfield, because I like I think Curtis I struggled a little bit since you know he's had a couple he's had a couple of games where he struggled. I think he got in his own head a little bit after the West Brom game, um, but this is the kind of occasion where someone of his you know, his confidence and self-confidence and his ability is a real opportunity for him to shine. But the flip opposite to that is, you know, I still, I, I, it's just to put Jordan Henderson in midfield in that position, have him run run all day long box to box. And as I say, trust trust, trust the, a young lad at centre-half. Yeah, Jones is a great shout as well because he's positive, isn't he? He's always looking forward, he's always looking to break the lines. And as we found with United before, breaking them down can be problematic when they just sit back and they're going to sit back at times. Uh, but one thing I will say about watching them though is teams are creating opportunities. Their goalkeepers are having to be busy in games. And, you know, even against uh, Burnley, they, they, you know, there was a couple of moments towards the end where they, they could have lost the results. So I think we, we, it's going to be on us to create chances and Jones will definitely bring more opportunity to create chances through the middle. There's, here's another one for you at the back. Man United are really big side, really good in the air. Are we going to need to consider playing that Phillips instead of Reese Williams because he's just far better than him in the air? I get that, but both of them are slow. Mm. 
But when we've got corners, you're seeing Man United win big heading challenges against Burnley, never mind against Liverpool. It could be a, a notion that we have to play Phillips to, to counteract that. Well, this is, to be fair, it's not even just the sitting centre-half in that regard. It's the midfield, and that's one of the reasons it doesn't spoken about enough, but why Southampton that bullied us, because our midfield was tiny. You know, we, we, we are normally a very big side ourselves, but when you've got Oxlade-Chamberlain, Thiago and Genie as your midfield today, or, you you know, you chuck Milner into, into one of those positions, you, you've got exactly the same sort of problem. If you've got... But Man United have got a choice, and they made a big point about this, Ross, with the Burnley game last night. They went with their biggest team against Burnley. They put Cavani in there. They put Matic and Pogba in the middle of the park. Whereas I reckon McTominay and Fred probably come back in for this one. So there's actually an opportunity for us to to actually go bigger and and look to physically dominate them, which kind of kind of goes to Sam's point as well. Yeah, you could probably tie in the gap that they played last night into it as well. You know, fitness, where, where are they up to in that? They've already lost Martial potentially on top of that as well, but can Cavani play twice in, in the space of a couple of days or, you know, in, in less than a week? Um, McTominay did, did come on last night, and again, he's not the smallest person ever either. Um, it's... Set pieces is, is is an interesting one, but you know we've got we've got you know Henson's not the shortest person ever, or Fabinho's not you know good goalkeeper for God's sake he can use his hands, always a benefit. Um, <laughs> you just got not to give silly fouls away in in that sense and, and corners, uh, which you know is, is easier said than done in that sense. But if they, if they go tall, do go physical. Be aware of, of that, that, that. That's what's around you. Um, Curtis Jones, I don't think he's, I don't think he's short either, is he? Curtis Jones is a, is a um, footer, but he's, he's, he, I think. He, Sorry, everyone. There was a, there's a reason the Klopp signed Fabinho to play DM for Liverpool Football Club, and it's because he wanted height in his side and he wanted height in front of the defence. That's yep. what we're missing as well as the centre halves at the moment, because in these big games, these are the type of games where Fabinho makes himself a massive presence. Question for you then, Chris. Let's let's talk Bruno Fernandez in this regard, because I think we've all kind of got we've all talked about Jordan Henderson as the eight. And we've, and I think, you know, we therefore kind of means Thiago's playing the six, and that's where we've kind of seen him used a little bit more recently. Do, do does that, does Bruno Fernandez say to you, go to, if you're going to either have Henderson as the six or put someone alongside, like uh, put Henderson alongside Thiago in the six? Yeah, I think Liverpool are moving towards a different setup for 3-3 formation with Thiago in the sides. Um, you know, I think it's not it's not quite as cut and dry as a 4-2-3-1, but I don't see the being, I don't see the six being so much deeper than the eights anymore. I, I, I see it that it's sort of asymmetrical, maybe. You could say it a little bit like that. Like, the, mm-hmm. like a podium in F1. Do you know what I mean? A one, two, yeah. and a three-step, some, something like that. Obviously inverted. Um, so that's what I see Liverpool's midfield to look like. And I think you know Thiago can play in probably the slightly more advanced one. Henderson, the deeper one for his aerial ability, but also his pace. He's good at getting back, and he reads danger really well. He covers for Trent yeah. Alexander-Arnold really well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't quite four-two-three-one and it wasn't quite four-three-three for this game. Mm, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one because again, you know. I, We've seen Thiago is he's happy to get stuck in, he's happy to be physical and things, but he also has looked a little bit sloppy in those in those regards. He's not afraid to put a tackle in, but that doesn't mean you should be you should be putting tackles in. And the idea of him up against Bruno Fernandes, whereas you know you can put Jordan Henderson in there, who is your most steady pair of hands in that regard as as a six. Hey, why not throw the 
go mad. Throw Jordan Henderson in centre-half and put Fabinho in DM for this. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, there's definitely... This might be a game where when you've got a, a strict number 10 on in the opposition side... Where maybe we do need a pro- we actually need one of our proper number sixes in in, in in their rightful position. Yeah, I think Liverpool tends to play a fluid formation at times though, so you can say four three three. And you know, depending on you defending or you're attacking, it, it can be slightly different. I don't blame Thiago for shying out of tackles. And he got his leg kicked off in a. It's not that he shies out of tackles. It's that he he he, ta- he just fouls people. Oh, he just fouls yeah, people all that, the time. Yeah, that was There's the second thing game, wasn't it? Where he, DMs you know, across the Fernandinho's been making a career out of that for Manchester City it's what you have yeah. to do in situations where they're transitioning on you and you don't have lads back it's fine yeah I think he was unlucky in the Southampton game where I think he, he just cuts across the back of someone and he gives a foul away but I think it, you know there was a succession of fouls in that game where he, he was giving them away but also he's coming back from an injury so he's still, he's still himself getting back up to speed Aston Villa he plays 45 minutes because he's still getting back up to speed and we, and we need him for this one um, but I think he, he needs to be a bit more aware of what's going on but that can also be Who's around him? Does he need to make those tackles? If Jordan Henson's there or Fabinho's next to him, he's got that level of protection for himself. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, the good thing is, for the first time in a while, we've got some interesting options, some interesting opportunities laid out before them. There's a there's a number of ways in which we can skin the cat, which I don't think we've been able to. When you think we're only a month when it was literally, what, Henderson, Genie, and Curtis Jones, there's your three midfielders. And if someone wants a rest, you throw in Taki Minamino into a position he's never played before to make that happen. And now we're going, do you play Curtis Jones? Do you play Oxlade-Chamberlain? Who partners? Are you, are you having a two-man midfielder? Are you having a three-man midfield? Are we playing with a 10? Are we not playing with a 10? You know, it's, um, no, it, it's good. And the good thing about it is I think that, that, keeps, that keeps United guessing, certainly, as well. Um, right, um, a couple of things just to, to draw your attention to um, Thursday evening's Q&A with Mark Goldbridge is there for people to check out if they want to um, and um, yes a couple of the um, fixtures just to, for everyone to keep an eye on this weekend uh, Fulham hosts Chelsea on Saturday Leicester hosts Southampton Saturday night Aston Villa hosts Everton Sunday early kickoff Sheffield United um, who are now flying up the table with a win um, uh, hosts last Spurs night, to me that uh, thingy what is it Wilders won more Premier League games in 2021 than Klopp. Hey. Uh, a Man City host Crystal Palace. So yeah, no, I can't see too many favours being done for the Reds here. So we very much need to go and get these three points if we want to get back on top of the pile. Um, uh, we need some score predictions. Ross, what do you think? Nil, nil. Nil, nil. Brilliant. After all that, nil, nil. Jeez. Oh, well, I, yeah, if, I would like, I'd like a win. I'd take a 1-0 then. Okay. I think I think we fair I think it'd be fairly tight. Cool. There's sure. absolutely no way in hell that Liverpool don't concede in this game. Three two Liverpool. Okay. No. Oh wow. I'm going one nil as well. Oh, okay. I think Ollie's Ooh. gonna stick stick the gap out again and we're gonna nick it. Oh. Two nil Liverpool. Okay. Three of you have gone for First a clean half. sheet. Go yeah. ahead. Same, same sort of stuff. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. This is the kind of situation where I just genuinely think everyone's focusing on our defence. And look, Man United have got a, a more. This, I'm, maybe I'm being a bit naive here because Man United are more than capable, and you're not wrong to suggest that. It's very, very likely Liverpool concede in this game, but. United are not bat- are not battering teams here. I don't I don't think you know, and I, and I think there's definitely an opportunity. And when when we face these things of like Liverpool's defence is an issue, we actually this season have tended to then p- 
pick up a clean sheet almost almost against the odds. I feel it might go a little bit like last season's, if I'm honest. Where if we can get that, if we can get a goal in the first half, I still think Man United are going to be very difficult to break down. I don't see us running away with it. But then Ole's left with that choice of stick or twist. And if he if he twists and he leaves a little bit of the back door open, you could see a situation where I mean, look at look at how Salah scores the the the, the second goal last season. Yeah. He's comp- he's he's ten yards deeper than every other Man United player on the pitch because they lost their heads a little bit. So no, I'd be I'd be definitely up for seeing that. Go on, Chris. I, th- I I I love that, and I actually think that you know we come against we we've talked about this. We've come against managers whose game plan doesn't change at one nil. I think it's Liverpool, Manchester United, and I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's game plan does change at one nil slightly. Not not, maybe not 70, 80 minutes like the others, but like 50 minutes, he's like, okay, it's Liverpool, Manchester United, we need to win this game. And there's a bit of a naivety there which draws similar sort of, uh, harks back to 13, 14 and Rodgers for me, is that he's yeah. out to prove himself all the time to everybody. They should be, they should come here looking for a draw. Yeah. yeah. They should just be going. And, and, and to be fair, Fergie will probably be, be ringing them up this week and saying, lad, draw. Play for a draw because let's let's be honest. People people remember the Ferguson era really well, obviously because he's you know what what a manager he was. But his later days, he did not come with ambition to Anfield. Win your home he games, knew. draw your away games. That was his mindset. Same it, as Mourinho. Ex- exactly, and so I wouldn't be shocked if he's if he's saying the same thing to Solskjaer. But it's about testing his metal and seeing if he's got the bottle to to, to stick that out. Because we've seen it with Sam Allardyce. You know, we've seen it with plenty of those old school sort of managers. One nil's not a bad position. One nil down is not a bad place to be. Against the against the Liverpool side, against good teams, provided you you, you stay in there because you can get a set piece, you can get a moment to look, you can nick something on the counter attack. But it's whether he's got the uh, he has got the ability to kind of stay on target on that. We will see. We will see this weekend. What a game in prospect. Uh, yes, as I said, plenty of things to keep you entertained. The Start 11 Prediction Show will be there. The uh, live Q&A with Mark Goldbridge from the United Stand promises to be very fun indeed as well. Uh, and yeah, do check out the um, the 50 Greatest Moments. The Aiken Club here so far on the RedmenTV.com as well. Um, guys, thank you. It's been absolutely wonderful. Hopefully the game is just the same. Uh, and yes, we'll see it all for the match, for the uh, watch-along uh, live 15 minutes before kickoff at the weekend. Hope to see you there. Salah. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.